0: This is The Starcoach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode
1: 375. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, like time, energy, and confidence management controls how we show up for others. Mm-hmm. and. When we beat ourselves up the most, if we think about it, or we feel guilt or regret, it's usually that we're regretting how we showed up in the situation. If you start managing better how you show up and showing up the way you want to, guess what? At the end of the day, you're going to be like, that was a great freaking day. I feel amazing. That was April
0: Roberts sharing with us the importance of setting an intention as it impacts the way that we're going to show up in everything, the way we are going to impact others, and the way that our energy is going to be by the end of the day. We talk about this and so much more as we explore how to manage your time, energy, and confidence in this Star Coach episode. Hello, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. I think you're going to thank yourself for being here this week as well. We have a fantastic show all about the way that we manage our time, our energy, and our confidence, something that we really need to be leaning into in whatever we do in life. And certainly for those of you who are coaches or leaders, who are in that place of helping others also reach their goals, look at the way that they're engaging with their life, these messages that are being brought today are absolutely key. I'm Meg Rentschler, I'm the host of the Star Coach Show, and just as we're getting started here, if you're enjoying the Star Coach Show and are finding what we do helpful, please subscribe wherever you listen, and then you'll never miss an episode. We bring new episodes every single week around the way that we are engaging with other people in partnership, in the way we communicate, in the way that we help others really strive to be who they can be through our deep listening and our curiosity. We also all have a message or an impact that we want to bring to the world. And sometimes that's through being an entrepreneur or building our own business. So we want to help you figure out how can I build my business? How can I get my message into the world in a way that really impacts people? So visit the Star Coach Show for that. And certainly if you are in an organization, if you're in the corporate world, we can help organizations be healthier and empower people through the power of coaching as well. So tune in, we have all those things that we're doing. And as in my work as an executive coach, I am getting that message out. I had the honor of uh, delivering a keynote to a wonderful company this very week. And when I see the way that people absorb the information about how making just tweaks to the way that we communicate, really honoring people's autonomy and their own creativity and, and inviting them into conversations, how that changes motivation, changes the way that people engage with us, helps us do the work that we want to do more powerfully because we're doing it in partnership. So I've seen the impact of this again and again through the executives that I work with, through the coaches that I mentor, and the speaking engagements that I get to engage with the audience. It is powerful, and I'm just so pleased that you're here to Experience this episode today, where I am joined by April Roberts. Now, April is a coach who helps Gen X women achieve more abundance, love, spirituality, and alignment, connecting with their femininity. She's a high achieving former attorney and financial advisor. And you can hear April's genuine desire and enthusiasm about helping. All of us think differently about the way that we're engaging. We always have choice. We have choice about the way we show up. We have choice about the way that we are engaging with other people. We have choice about setting intentions or just kind of flowing down the river of life and responding to whatever is given to us rather than being intentional. April is also a podcast host. She hosts The Vixen Voice. And in that podcast, she shares stories of Gen X women that have shed the traditional definition of success to pursue their life's true passion. And that's that word, passion, passion, just comes up again and again when you engage with April. And I think you're going to really enjoy this interview as we talk about some sort of 10-story view things about time and energy and confidence, but then we also bring it down into some tactical things, some specific strategies that you can apply when looking at your calendar, when looking at the way that you're setting up your week, um, the way that you are paying attention to what drains you and what lifts you up. Super great. Can't wait to introduce you to April, so I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's go to my interview with April Robert. April, welcome to the Star Coat Show. Hey, Meg. I'm
1: so excited to be here with you today.
0: I am couldn't possibly more be more excited than to spend this time with the head vixen. I mean, like not everybody gets <laughs> that opportunity every single day. In the work that you do, there's so many different things that you help your clients do to be better, to engage mm-hmm. in a way that that creates the kind of outcomes that they want. And what we decided to focus on in our time together was... How are we managing our time? How does that influence our energy and our confidence? All things that we we all have time that we have to look at and things that have to be done. Our energy can get spread too thin, maybe go in places that it's not the best thing to go. I remember mm-hmm. I really learned this lesson as a therapist and carried it into my executive coaching but I remember those stomach ache clients or the stomach ache activities that would be on my calendar, right? So if I looked at my calendar yes. and I saw a particular person or a particular task that I had that cre- that drained my energy, that I looked at and thought, "Oh, I just don't know that I have the energy to see that person today or to do that particular thing." that needs to be managed that needs to be looked at and we're mm-hmm. going to be we're going to be talking about that and so much more when we think about this this management of of our lives one of the things that you said when we explored was we need to know ourselves tell me a little bit more about that the better we know ourselves the better we can manage this thing this thing we're we're doing
1: I agree. So it's interesting uh, because I share with you, I, I'm um, finalizing a keynote talk on this. And so we're really digging into why I believe what I believe about time and I had my human design done, you know, I I have, I've had my Colby, my print, my disc, like all kinds of assessments and the human design was really fun. And I'm a projector and we make up less than 10% of the population. Right. And what I learned is my ideal peak creativity is if I only worked eight hours a week okay, at this point in my life, not possible. But the point is, I am not built for the stereotypical nine to five. Now, if you know human design, and you're a manifestor, you know, a Manny, Jenny or generator, you're like, and this is like 80% of the population, they are built to grind it out and work. And so it's so funny. Um, you know, Malcolm Gladwell has that book about how a lot of the captains of industry, and I always forget if it's outliers or David and Goliath, but a lot of captains of industry actually have a learning disorder, ADHD, right. and they had to learn to think outside of the box, right? And so, you know, I could go on forever about this, but like end of 1800s, they systematized our education system here. So, you know, your whole life, you've been told you have to operate this way. You have to think this way. Here's what success looks like. Go to a good college, get a corporate job. And, you know, I think that you and I, and most of your audience has said, okay, I want off this hamster wheel, right? Like, I want to do things differently. The problem is no one has given us a playbook about how to do things differently. And so I think it's our job. We have control over two things in life, right? Our actions and our reactions. I really think we have control of our thoughts, emotions, et cetera, but that's a whole nother right. topic, right? right. But so if you think about it, time... Energy and confidence management is controlling your action and setting you up for success in reaction, right? And another thing is, you know, I realized that for me, time management is just being a good human being. For example, I'm here now with you, your audience will listen to us, and that would be absolutely selfish if I didn't show up 150% when all of these people are giving their time, right? So for me, honoring time management is a way of serving others. So I think you can think of it in all these ways, but you you have to understand if you operate within the walls of the playbook or not. And that's why I think knowing yourself is so important. So when you learn that
0: about yourself through Mm -hmm. all these assessments you've done in human design, and by the way, if any of you are perking up and saying human design, (laughs) we've had a show around human design, and I will put the link for that in the show notes so that you can follow up with that as well, because it is very intriguing. So with that, as you learn about yourself, what are some of the things that you have like Let's give some concrete direction. I learned this about myself. Therefore, it's reflected this way in the way that I manage my calendar, in the way that I manage my interactions. You said one thing is I'm going to show up at 150%. What Mm -hmm. else?
1: Yeah. And for me showing up, cause I normally wake up very early, like four, like before five o'clock. Right. And so that means past three or four, you're not getting the best of me. So I'm not going to do coaching past that time because these are my clients paying me for brain my awareness. time. Right. Yes. And I want them to get the most. And I did the same thing when I was a financial advisor, I knew past four 30, you're not getting the best of my brain. So You know, my last meeting was at 2.30, ending at 4. So part of it, you can learn through assessments. Like in the Colby, I'm a nine quick start. So I have lots of, lots of, lots of energy for projects and starting stuff, right? I'm a three and follow through, which means I don't like to finish the deal. So I know I need a team around me or I'm not going to be successful in my business because so much of success is follow through, right? And if I, you know, right now I'm doing more follow through than normal because we're redoing our website, we're redoing our marketing. So we don't have the machine going right now. So I'm kind of following through. It'll be great when we finish, everything will be automated and it'll run itself. But right now, I'm having to do more follow through. And honestly, Meg, it's just, I treat it as a season, but I am baked and done at the end of the day. I don't want to talk to anyone because I've been using a tank of gas where I don't have much. Right. So I'm not making plans to go meet friends for dinner this week. I'm not saying, okay, I got to work out two hours a day because I know I need all my energy for this. Um, so You know, and that's through an assessment, but honestly, you can just sit there and watch during the day. Like you said, there's that one thing on your calendar. Like when you pull up your calendar, do your shoulders go up? Or do you stay relaxed or do you say, oh, I can't wait for this week? Like, ideally, we all want to be like, I can't wait for this week. This is so cool. All this stuff I get to do. And so that's why, you know, managing the rhythm of your calendar is so important. So pay attention to the things that suck your energy, pay attention Mm -hmm. to the things that drain you or you find difficult. And you want to plan it into your calendar. Now, we can we're talking about knowing yourself again, there are plenty of models like Mark Twain said, eat your frogs first, right? Which are the things right. you don't want to do. I personally don't like eating my frogs in the morning. I want to have winds in the morning and do things that give me energy. I actually do best eating my frogs at the end of the day when I'm just like, okay, let's get this done. And I'm just like very matter of fact about it, right? Okay. Um, someone else might want to eat their frogs in the morning, which are those right. things you don't want to do. I really think the frog should have their own separate day and you should really take care of yourself that day and give yourself a lot of grace or half a day. So it's not interfering with the things that give you energy or where you're serving others, making money, et cetera.
0: I love that you're like laying out, be intentional, look at what's there. What are the choices? And How does it influence you? How can you show up your best? Because we all have things that we don't want to do, but we have to do. Right. (laughs) Those things that we want to do more and more and more of, but that we have to do other things sometimes to make those things happen. So that we're, you know, I have this like visual and that I would say to my, often my therapy clients, are you going to be a, beach ball getting knocked around by the waves of the ocean? Or are you going to climb in the boat and captain the boat? And I think we all, you know, even in the stormy waters, we can navigate the way or we can just get knocked around. Mm -hmm. And what we're talking about today
1: is get in the boat and navigate. I love that analogy. I mean, you know, and the thing is, I know, I know you coach as well, but the number one thing I get. So the reason we do time, energy, and confidence management first, because I have five basic pillars I coach on, and then we get into the deep dive of business scaling, et cetera, because I want to fix the entrepreneur first, right? Like we don't want any cracks in our foundation. Um, and that's my, you know, philosophy of coaching. So really these five pillars operate to help anyone's life, right? Like it's just making you a more solid person, able to show up fully in everything you do. In fact, I think about like my 28-year-old self who got married and moved to Italy and was found my first year of marriage in a foreign country away from my support system. I'm like, heck, if I had had these five pillars, that would have been a lot more successful than it was, right? Right. (laughs) Hindsight can be so incredibly illuminating. Yes. Yeah. But if you're an entrepreneur, you're a coach, you own your business, you're in a leadership position- You often are the product, you are the brand. And so you have to focus on filling up your energy tank because, you know, if we think about it, especially as entrepreneurs, like, I mean, let's say this is even, you know, so often we're operating in the deficit, like below Mm -hmm. our optimal energy. You actually have to get in the positive to be creative, to solve problems. So if you're a leader running a company, you are your business. It's so important that you get in the positive. And you can do that by managing your time and energy and confidence better. And it's usually, you know, it's easier than you think.
0: So what are let's give some solid ideas around how we do that. That everybody listening can make some choices about what makes sense for them. And and I'm going to challenge all of you listening to, to execute on some of this, not just to consume the information, but then determine what can I do specifically that would move the needle for me and hopefully get you operating at least some of the time in that positive so that you're you're getting your most creative out, you're getting your confidence to rise and really meet those challenges that we all have as entrepreneurs. Well, we have even outside of being an entrepreneur. However,
1: whatever you're doing, you have those challenges in life. Well, and yeah, Meg, in my fix and mastermind, uh, most of the women in there are entrepreneurs, but they're also moms and running a household. And mm-hmm. what amazes me is how they come back and tell me they're running the household better and they have more energy, you know, for managing. I mean, you know, they have their kids on a calendar, their husband on a calendar, themselves on a calendar, the family calendar. And, you know, then it becomes like, you have a rhythm to it. I don't like to say systems because you have to have flexibility, especially, you know, when you're your own boss or in a leadership position. Um, so you want a rhythm. So one, you know, what goes on your calendar? I think that your goals, your important projects, your core values, like all of this. And really important is joy should go on your calendar. When are you taking time this week for pure joy, right? And joy should be its own color. And, you know, we were chatting earlier about the example of, let's say you're writing a book. Maybe this quarter, your book needs its own color because- Well, you you... talk about its own color. So let's
0: zero in on what do you mean
1: by color coding
0: your calendar?
1: Yes. I think that you should come up with the top categories that you're focusing on, you have to create a system and a rhythm that works best for you. That's why it's so important to know yourself. So for example, the Vixen Gathering, there's four shades of green on my calendar and they all mean different things, right? One is time with my team when I put my CEO leadership hat on. One is obviously time with clients that takes different energy. I have a color for events like this when I need to show up and talk a lot, right? (laughs) Like I need to know that energy. And then I have revenue generating activities as a color. So I can, just using that example, I can look at my calendar and be like, oh, there's no revenue generating activities on the calendar this week, like how, you know, that's going to hurt my cash flow down the road. Like I can know that in two seconds instead of because having to analyze. because the color speaks to you and and
0: begins to create because you're going to know those colors and it's going to send up a red flag speaking of another yes. color. If in fact, you're missing some key activity on your calendar.
1: Love that completely. And everything should go on your calendar. If it's not on your calendar, it doesn't get done. I mean, like, I'm so crazy about this, that the weeks that I'm really packed, like I, unfortunately my mom was sick and I had to reschedule oh, a lot sorry. of things one week. I was in the hospital with her. Well, I came back the next week and I told my team, I was like, please don't do this to me again. I think I had like eight podcasts that week, plus my coaching clients, plus my team meeting. And I literally was like, I'm going to have to wake up 30 minutes earlier every- every day this week to get all this done. Because, you know, again, I want to honor other people's time. It's not the other person's fault that my team overscheduled me, right? I mean, I might, if it were acceptable to switch and someone I knew, and I knew it was mm-hmm. fine, then I would switch it out. But this was just not the case. I mean, as you and I know, we usually have people book for our podcast months to right. come. So you don't want to stand someone up. So I literally put wake up, eat breakfast lunch. Don't forget to order lunch because I hadn't had time to meal prep, which I normally do. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, go to bed. Like everything was on my calendar because I didn't want to extend mental energy or physical or emotional energy worrying about these things. So all I had to do was open my calendar and it told me what to do. And that gives you, I know many people listening are like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to be that scheduled. But it actually gives you freedom because I was going to say structure gives freedom. It really does. Because right now I'm talking to you. I'm talking to your audience and all the amazing people listening. I'm not worrying about what my team's doing. I'm not worrying about what I'm eating for dinner tonight. I'm not worried about my inbox because it all has a place on my calendar. And then when I get done at the end of the day, I'm not depleted. I get to actually live, you know, I don't have to just go veg on the couch and watch TV, which is what I do when I have a tough week. Like I know Mm -hmm. myself.
0: Well, and the other thing that you said that I um, think is a really great concrete tip is Mm -hmm. that when you do find yourself up against the wall, like you were in that week, the structure of your calendar let you say, okay, so for this week, I'm going to get up a half an hour earlier because that's going to yeah. give me two and a half extra hours this week. But it gave yep. you, rather than spinning and thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do or where I'm going to, you just looked at your calendar and said, okay, let's let's do a time limited yep. extra half hour in the morning. And that's going to, and then I would assume, and please correct me if I'm wrong, That you were strategic about what that half an hour was. It wasn't you're just getting up a half an hour earlier. You put a task into that.
1: Yeah. Well, for me, you know, I love to wake up and have my quiet time. I have one cup of coffee and then I meditate and pray for 10 minutes to 40 minutes, depending on Mm -hmm. how much time I have. So Mm -hmm. that morning routine is so important. And what happens is when we have a busy week, we throw our morning routine to the wayside, but that's actually when you need that morning routine. So maybe it meant I got 15 or 20 minutes meditating and praying instead of 40, which is like ideal for me. But I still got it in there, which then I went into my day peaceful, calm, like ready for whatever comes because, you know, during that time I get rid of the previous day. I look forward to the, I forgive everyone. I ask for forgiveness, like right. all this stuff that's just like clearing out all the mental and energetic clutter. And so had I not woken up 30 minutes earlier and skipped that time, the week would have actually been tougher. Like right. 30 minutes less sleep was easier for me than skipping my peace time. Because you know that that helps
0: you step into your best self versus the shadow self that can come out. Right.
1: Yes. Yes. And I love that you talk about best versus shadow self, because that was such an aha for me to learn that. Uh, <laughs> also, I remember being mentored by, you know, I, I like the Colby assessment and the print assessment. I, I I'm not sure which ones you use with coaching, if any. And I knew that I had this mentor in the financial industry who was the exact same Colby as me. So I'm like, cool, I'll just do everything he tells me. Well, he was just very like, I hate to say it, hard balls to the wall, like go get him. So I kind of started acting like that. And that does not suit me. And that does not honor my feminine energy. And I had to mm-hmm. learn, okay, this this, I guess works, but this is my shadow behavior. And here's like the best self behavior, because I think sometimes we get confused, like what's right right or wrong. And it's really what feels best and what honors everyone. Because what works for Fred might not work for April and what works for Steve
0: might not work for Meg. I mean, or, you know, whatever we, we, There are always people who have walked the path before us, who can mentor us, who can advise us. And yet we've got to go back to the very first thing we talked about, know Mm -hmm. ourselves well enough to know what is the thing that's going to make April shine the brightest, that's going to be, you know, it's going to fire Meg up because when Meg's fired up or April's fired up, the people we work with are more fired up.
1: I agree. I agree. And Meg, if you don't mind, I just want to give some practical tips to color coding Please. the calendar. Okay. Yes. Okay, <laughs> so here one. comes
0: the practical time to take notes everybody.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. Number one, to begin with, do not over color yourself, like three to five colors at the most, right? Just start. This is going to be a process over time that you're going to feel what works for you. So, you know, I, I actually had an ex-boyfriend that literally had like 12 colors on his calendar and you know what? It worked for him, but it drove me crazy. Like I was just like, I can't look at your calendar. Like this confuses me. As I shared, like green is the Vixen color from you know the business, but then I have four shades of green. So if you want to do that and get into nuances like that, you can. But I really would start with three to five colors and really think what you want to prioritize your time on. And like I said, if you have a special project this quarter or something you're focused on or a goal, it might get its own color. For example, I used to have growth, spirituality, and health as one color. Well, right now I really need to lose Weight and get back in shape. So it's going to become its own color to do health, right? Because it needs its own focus. And then I might put it back later. So, number one is don't over color yourself. Pick three to five colors, make sure they represent what's important to you. Make sure one of the colors represents pure joy. Because when you look at your calendar, if there's no joy, your challenge is to put one instance of pure joy on your calendar. And you know what makes you happy, right? Like whatever makes you feel giggly and happy and like a child again, like you want that. Like if you're laughing out loud during your pure joy time, awesome, right? Like just enjoy being a human being during that time. So start with once a week. And then the second tip is when you first do this, review it monthly. Right. I like to do a model calendar. Like my team knows when I'm coaching, when I'm open to meet with them, when I'm available to do podcasts. So I have kind of an overlay of the model calendar. Okay. And what I'd recommend is review this every month. And somebody's listening saying, I don't really have that much. I think when you don't have much is when time blocking is important. So I've coached women who are starting businesses and they don't have a ton of activity yet, right? And I'm like, I don't care. You have to like time block your day. It might be walk the dog at 10 a.m. And then it's this. And they get amazing clarity and focus when they start time blocking their time. Because you know you and I can say, sometimes we have this day and we're like, cool, I get to do whatever I want all day. And you end up doing nothing because you have no idea what to do. You have no structure once
0: again. Yes. So it's that it's that. Oh, yeah. You, know, you there's no sort of urgency, or I find that structure really helps me be more productive.
1: Yeah. I agree. And even I've I've started blocking Fridays for like creative work. And I've even started structuring Fridays. I mean, it might not be every hour, but it's like on the morning, I'm going to focus on this. On the afternoon, I'm going to focus on this um, so that I have some guidance and I don't have to think. So yeah, don't overcolor yourself. Check it monthly to begin with. You're going to have to tweak it, like really review it, see how it's working for you. And then once you feel like it's set, I would still review it quarterly because, like we said, your focus might shift for that quarter. And you know, if you have a tough week or even a tough month or quarter, just remember we have seasons of our life, and Mm -hmm. go ahead and look forward to the next week, the next quarter, the next month, and say, "Okay, I'm going to get time to do X, Y, and Z there." You know, you always want to create that light at the end of the tunnel. So when you
0: say review it monthly. Review it quarterly. Give us some tips on the kinds of things we're reviewing. What are we checking for?
1: So what I would actually do is I like looking at things weekly, personally. So, I mean, you should be planning your week, right? And so people talk about, do you do it Friday? Do you do it Monday? Do you do it Sunday? I'm very spiritual, so I like Sunday to be my spiritual day. So I refuse to plan my week on Sunday. Luckily, as we talked about, I wake up very early, so I do it early Monday morning. If you do not have that time and it's going to jam your morning, do it the Friday before. right? But you're looking forward to that week. You're looking at what's going on. You're seeing how it makes you feel, just like you talked about. Mm -hmm. Do you have that one activity that you go, oh, I don't want to do that. Here's a tip. If you have something that you're like, oh, I don't want to do that and you can't reshuffle it, plan something you enjoy before and after it. Like Basically, We hold that feeling in our body and in our energy field. So almost like after the thing you don't want to do, go for a walk, go grab a green tea, whatever it is that Mm -hmm. you like shake it off, right? Like you literally have to shake it off. (laughs) So sandwich it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I like that. So, um, yeah. So look at your week and just see how it makes you feel. And, you know, like I said, that one week I came back and it was a one-off because my mom had been sick, but then I coached my team. I was like, here's why I cannot have back-to-back podcast episodes. Like it doesn't give me time to set up for the next one. You know, Mm -hmm. like you can have that conversation with yourself. Hey, and then at the end of the week, when you're planning for the next, look back on that week and say, wow, this was a great day. Like it really flowed okay, great. How'd you structure that day? Or this day was Mm -hmm. really tough. I was like baked and done at the end of the day. Okay. Well, what happened that day? So it's a little bit of journaling, self-reflection, however Mm -hmm. you digest things, but pay attention to your body and your feelings. It's not just thoughts because our brain will convince us Right. Oh, You're supposed to work 60 hours a week. You're a startup. You have to do this like all that comes in. So listen to the wisdom of your emotions in your body. Excellent. Thank you for that. So we had talked and and I um,
0: because we have now moved sort of into this virtual space and so many of us yeah. that maybe used to do more face to face or different kinds of interactions are now all of our interactions are on Zoom. And what have you what has the research shown that we need to be aware of about how Zoom impacts us? or not just okay. Zoom? I shouldn't zoom it, but I mean like <laughs> video. So what so it's not like yeah. if you're doing meetings or and you're not doing Zoom that this is, but video conferencing. what is what is uh re, what is what have we been seeing about video conferencing?
1: I agree. So before we even get into research, I want everyone to think back to 2020 when you were first forced to go virtual, right? And remember how at the end of the day, you were like, why am I so freaking tired? I work the same number of hours as I normally do. So I just want you to like reflect on that time and how you felt to understand what it truly does to our body. Because What what we're seeing is people are taking less breaks. They're just kind of zooming through the day, like jumping from meeting to meeting. Research actually shows that we're not working more hours, but we're burning out because we're visually overstimulated because we're looking at screens all day long. And that is actually what is leading to burnout for a lot of people. And in general, high performance research shows that the highest performers take a break on average every 52 minutes. And so you're like, but I have a startup, I have back-to-back meetings, I need to meet with this investor. Great. Here's what I guarantee you. Remember when we talked about the small changes, instead mm-hmm. of a 30-minute meeting, book a 25-minute meeting. I guarantee you can get the same amount done in a structured 25-minute meeting, right? Instead of an hour, book a 50-minute meeting. So you just bought yourselves five minutes or 10 minutes to be a human being And during that time, it's really important that you rest and reset. So resting can be as simple as like, closing your eyes and sitting back in your chair for like two minutes, like one Mm -hmm. to two minutes makes a huge change. You know, my office has a balcony right off of it because I live in a high rise. So I'll go sit out there and set an alarm for two minutes just to like change up where I am or for Mm -hmm. five, you know, if I have a 20 minute break, I'll go take a little nap and set my alarm and then come back in here. But that's the rest part. And the reset is refocusing, right? So, okay, I just finished this amazing podcast with Meg. What's, you know, here's what was great about that. Here's what I need to follow up. Now, what am I going to do for the next half hour or hour so that you're like kind of leaving behind what Mm -hmm. you did and refocusing on what you're going into? So, that's the two important things rest and reset. Love it. So, it's sort of, you know, do a a
0: cleanse or a release, and then set an intention for the next thing. Just different yep. language for the exact same thing. Um, yeah, and in fact, there's that.
1: a release meditation. You can just close your eyes, set the alarm for two minutes, and just repeat the word "release." It does amazing things. Amazing things. It really. Yeah. And then
0: when we set an intention, I'm going into this podcast with April. I'm going to be curious and focused and right. and energetic, and so I'm setting that
1: attention, sort of painting the picture of how I'm going to show up. Yes, and I mean you hit the nail on the head. Like time, energy, and confidence management controls how we show up for others. Mm-hmm. And when we beat ourselves up the most, if we think about it, or we feel guilt or regret, it's usually that we're regretting how we showed up in the situation. If you start managing better how you show up and showing up the way you want to guess what at the end of the day you're gonna be like that was a great freaking day i feel amazing
0: and everybody you touched and came in contact with is going to be left with that energy versus the the stinks i'm exhausted and and i just want to be sitting somewhere under a warm blanket Because April and I were talking about the fact that we're both (laughs) in in a cold snap where we live right now, but uh, but yet you know that warmth can come from the way you're showing up and the energy and the
1: focus. Yeah, and even difficult conversations can end up positive. You know, I coach how to enter into those too, and so again. And because people always ask me, what's a graceful boundary? Because I coach to graceful boundaries. Well, it's one that all of you feel good about after it's mm-hmm. been set, right? Like, right. because how many times do we beat ourselves up? Like, oh, I wish I'd handled that better. Or why did I escalate or this or that? Mm-hmm. And so most of our kind of misery comes from how we're self-critiquing ourselves, so if you set that intention for how you want to show up and you honor that promise to yourself because research also shows we'll uphold promises to others but not to ourselves right and right. that's what builds confidence is showing up for ourselves then you're just going to, life becomes different. It becomes a flow. And even the things, even the things that you're like, eh, I don't really want to do this. But if you go into it with how do I want to show up in this time? Mm -hmm. What's the win-win scenario? Mm -hmm. You're still going to feel better about it afterward. So good. And you know, just what, how can you tap into
0: your motivation for whatever that particular thing is? So it might be the motivation of what you're going to get as a result of that. Or, um, you know, if if I'm able to show up as my best right here, how much better am I going to feel than if I choose to be miserable the entire time? Yeah. We can cho- choose to be miserable. We can choose to yeah. make those around us miserable. But isn't there a better choice we could make?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that just came to me as an energy management, just remember that we're all biologically built differently. And I think we're built differently. I think everything about us is geared toward our purpose in life, right? Like we're here <laughs> for a purpose and you know, that's why you, you can't listen to Everyone says I should work nine to five, or everyone says I should do this. You have to really pay attention to what works for you. So one kind of silly thing, but really powerful. I understood for me because we talked about I, I used to do live TV and I I had like a TV show. Well, I know when I'm sitting, my energy is calmer. When I'm standing, I'm like blah, 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 blah. so like it's like. Okay, what energy do I want to bring forward? Right, if I'm coaching mm-hmm. someone, I probably one to one. I want to be sitting. If I'm coaching a group or doing a webinar, I'm probably standing because I got to bring the energy. And so, just you know, start noticing these things about yourself, and and your life has left clues. <laughs> like I remember my boyfriend in college told me, "You're like the most intelligent woman I know, and also the laziest." I don't know if that was the nicest thing to say to me. But when I did my print assessment, I understood I'm an eight, seven, which means I'm self-directed, self-reliant. I like to get stuff done. But if I'm not seven means I want to enjoy life. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in college, he's pre-med, all he's doing is studying and I'm like running around having fun. So to him, that felt lazy. So, you know, think about these contradictions with yourself that, you know, And really just own them because Mm -hmm. it's here for a reason and figure out how you optimize.
0: And, you know, be cautious of other people's labels rather than just how can you take that information in and think, what do I, that's their judgment. That's the way that they're looking totally. at it. And yet it's information for me. So how can I take that mm-hmm. information? What do I want to do with that information?
1: I love it. Like, and and how I always really, when I'm coaching for difficult conversations or boundaries, this is how I like them to like replay it, but it could be anything. First of all, just say, okay, what's a win about this? Like what's a positive aspect about this and write that down and then just say, okay, how can I use this information? Or how could this make me a better person? Instead of, you know, we get in that cycle of judgment, where we're like, well, why? Why do I do this? Like, how should I be like, don't should yourself just take it? What's positive? What's information or neutral? And what's something maybe I could work on because I want to be a better person, not because of their comment. So good.
0: So April, unfortunately, our time is already coming to a close. When we think about time, energy, and confidence management, any looming topic that we've left I mean, I know we could talk about this for for hours, yet I want to be sure that there's nothing really niggling at you that you want to be sure you shared before um,
1: before we say our goodbyes. Well, as I mentioned, a lot of this is easier than you think. Like I always hear, but April, I don't have time. (laughs) Again, that's why we do this first, because I want to show you, you have time to do the coaching time with me, just like, you know, with Meg or anyone else or what you want to improve. So an example of that is a simple hack. I call six minutes to change your life. So if you take the first two minutes when you wake up and if you're a journaler journal, like just have an empty sheet of paper, You can speak into your voice notes, whatever, you know, I like to think out loud. So I like to speak into something, whatever you want to do, but for two minutes, set the timer on your phone and you're just going to think about everything you're excited for, for the day and everything you're grateful for. And again, this is a muscle. Don't beat yourself up at first. The negativity will creep in, but over time, you're going to build this muscle. And when you can fill that two minutes with gratitude and excitement, then you keep doing that. And then at lunchtime, you're going to do the same thing. You'll set the alarm for two minutes and you're going to reflect on the morning. Um so one thing I couldn't find my airpods today because I haven't done a podcast yet this year. So I found my airpods like that's a win this morning, right? That that's awesome. That is a win. Yes. I'm not going to focus on the stress of not having my airpods and and beat myself up for not preparing last night. I'm just say cool I found my airpods. I was able to do the podcast, right? Um and so at lunchtime do the same thing. Like what was what am I grateful for this morning? What was a win? What happened positive? And then do it before you go to bed. So again, timer for two minutes, six minutes a day. After two weeks, you will be like, what is wrong with me? Why am I so darn happy? Like, it's amazing. Two, three, four weeks, you're a different person.
0: And it it is. It is so true. I'm so glad that you shared that. When I was a marriage therapist, one of the exercises that I would have the couples do is to journal once at least once a day about what they were grateful about their partner rather than I love that. all the the things that annoy you know their breathing annoys me they're dead whatever no it's like when because when people come to marriage counseling they tend to be focusing on what's not working, <laughs> yeah, and just that exercise of I get it. I get that things aren't perfect. I get that. And yet, what, what are you grateful for that your partner is bringing to, you? could be that they put the toothpaste lid back on or whatever, you know, yeah. but what, where is the, that, that intentional shift to looking for what's working rather than what's broken, even in little incremental ways, changes our perspective. So I love that you shared the 6 minutes. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, and I love your take, because, you know, if you're married or have a significant other, why not share the 2 minutes at night, share your daily wins? Like that's a really yeah. fun conversation to have. I love that. April I adore
0: our conversation and spending time with you. I'm sorry that our time is coming to a close. (laughs) We will have links for you to be able to connect with April and the work that she's doing in the show notes for this episode. April Roberts, Head Vixen at Vixen Gathering. Thank you so much for joining the Star Coach Show. Thanks, Meg. It was so fun. Thanks for having me. Wasn't April just amazing giving us both some big picture as well as some strategic tactical things we can do immediately to change the way we're engaging with our calendars? If you wanna know more about April and the things that she's offering and she's got a challenge coming up, check out the links at starcoatshow.com slash 375, starcoatshow.com slash 375. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, just grab the links below this video. My conversation with April continues in the Star Coach community, which is an incredible place to build your energy and your confidence. You wanna know more about that, go to starcoachshow.com slash community. Now, come back next week as I want to introduce you to Austin LaRoche, who is gonna be talking to us about the value of the foundational aspects of building a business. We're gonna get some more strategies, some specific actions to take to really build a strong foundation to build your business on. So I look forward to seeing you again next week. If you're enjoying the show, let people know about it. I do this show to help people who want to help other people be the best they can be. And so the more people that know about the Starcoach show, the happier I am. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. And until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success, for your leadership success, for an awesome week. We'll see you next week.